0: Hi, this is Feed Play Love, the parenting podcast that you can fit in your pocket. Short, informative, and interesting interviews about everything from toilet training to how emotion coaching works. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. The next interview is one of the diamonds from our archive. Enjoy. When I had my first baby, my sister handed me a book and told me it had everything I needed to know inside. That book was Baby Love by Robin Barker, and it helped me through some of the more mysterious and challenging parts of my baby's life. Robin has dropped into Kindling Conversation to talk to us about breastfeeding. Hi, Robin, how are you? Good afternoon. I'm very well, thank you. I have to start by saying thank you. Oh, you're (laughs) (laughs) welcome. Thank you from me and all those other mums you've helped. You're welcome.
1: You're. I always hope I'm helping, not hindering. It's very hard when you have something down on paper and you hope people read it the way you mean it. You intended it. Yes, the way I intended it. Mm.
0: Well, I did find the advice was really helpful. But let's let's get stuck into breastfeeding. Yes. Why is it good for babies?
1: Well, breast milk is perfectly balanced. Everything that's in breast milk is for your baby and it's very easy to digest. So it's very kind, if you like, to the baby's gastrointestinal tract, to the baby's liver, to the baby's bowel. It just goes to where it has to go to without too much effort from the baby. That includes, of course, antibodies. Um, There's a lot of research into breastfeeding that suggests that it enhances jaw development optimum brain growth digestion and helps eyesight um there's also some research that suggests it might help avoid obesity and uh, of course you get that antibody protection yeah, all of that which so, is a lot of good reasons it's a lot of good reasons
0: and what about for mums why is it good for mums
1: I think really, one of the best things for mothers, leaving aside the physical um, benefits for mothers is the emotional benefit. So we all know, I think, that breastfeeding can be difficult for some mothers and babies to get it, to, to get a handle on. Other people, mothers and babies find it relatively easy. but there's a, a huge emotional and psychological satisfaction for the mother. it's 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 very independent breastfeeding. You're not depending on anyone else, it's just you and your baby. And you're able to do this rather wonderful thing. And emotionally and psychologically, I think many women find that very, very satisfying and rewarding.
0: And I've got to say, both of my children, um, I was able to breastfeed them. And I had some... Uh, even though I know all the reasons why it was good, I think beyond that I had some strange desire to do it because with both of them, it actually really hurt for the first three months. Um, and I did go to lactation consultants. I did get all those reattachments, all those sorts of things. Um, it was actually even harder with my second than my first. I managed to breastfeed him for longer than I did for her in the in the long run. Um Is it fair to say that sometimes, with some mothers, no matter what you do, there will be a period of pain before it gets easier?
1: Yes, definitely. And I think, um, I think that in the effort to promote breastfeeding that has gone on, particularly in the last twenty to twenty-five years, we perhaps the breastfeeding promoters perhaps have gone a little overboard with the. Pleasantness, niceness, etc., <laughs> ease of it all. It isn't necessarily easy. It is natural, but it is not something that everybody finds easy. And for example, I've often said in in um, birth education classes, where I think people in the birth ed- in the class have a f- have an understanding that perhaps they may not have a natural birth, that they may end up with having a Caesar or having forceps. Uh, which happens, as we know. However, when the breastfeeding talk comes, generally it's all lightness and air and it's easy and it's what we were all meant to do and it's fabulous and so forth and so on. But with the best will in the world, I believe, let's say, out of every 10 mothers in a birth education class, probably two will not breastfeed, will end up not breastfeeding. And out of the other eight, perhaps three or four of them will have a bit of a struggle for all sorts of reasons and one of which is it's uncomfortable and it can be quite painful. Yeah, but with with education and hopefully help and support many women will get through that and go on to experience the satisfaction that I'm talking about. Which
0: which I definitely did and in some ways I kind of wish someone had just put their hand on my shoulder and said, "You know what, Siobhan, It's going to suck for a while. (laughs) And after that, you'll love it. Like I was actually explaining to people that when I finished breastfeeding both my children, I had a little moment where I was crying. I was sad. I was really – it was a a grief to actually stop that. Now, if you compare that to when I first started feeding them when I was crying in frustration and pain – and particularly, I think, straight after birth, when regardless of how you've had your child, you'll probably be sore in a number of places. Mm. And then to breastfeed and that hurt. I thought, geez, this is unfair.
1: This is, this is really <laughs> this, unfair. This really sucks. I think, and I think if you had been a mother in the 50s or 60s, somebody would have fairly quickly said to you, it's, don't bother, we've got formula. Give it away. Why put yourself through this? Whereas what we tend to do now is... Get help for, and moral support, and 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 as long as the baby's thriving, uh, and and getting plenty of milk, and the mother can understand that it's not going to last forever, we can get a lot of women through that first two to, two to three months. We can. Yeah. Sometimes you can't. You know, I I did this work for a long time, and there certainly were times when, for a lot of reasons. Uh, it, it probably wasn't in anyone's best interest to, to battle through. But particularly if the baby's thriving, that's huge. Do you yes. know, uh, In my experience, if the baby's thriving and you can see that the baby's thriving uh, and the mother really went into it wanting to breastfeed, you can usually get through that.
0: And when you committed to it, like, I couldn't even Mm. explain. I think there was one time with my son that I put him down on the bed and it looked like he had um, posited a bit of blood. And Mm. I was – this is my second child and I was completely freaking out. And then I worked out that's actually because I've got cracked nipples. Yes. It's my blood, not his. And as soon as I worked that out, I was fine. I was like, okay, well, I can keep going as long as he's all right, which is not to downplay the fact that I was feeling very sorry for myself.
1: Yeah, well (laughs) – you did very well <laughs> to, to battle through, and and I think that one of the things, that if you're supporting someone in breastfeeding, if the baby's thriving, uh, is to keep sort of keep helping them understand it's not going to be forever, and you you do come through that. Now, ha- having done all that negative talk, I think we should. <laughs> say that there are many many women who breastfeed relatively easy, and it doesn't, and it and it doesn't cause too many problems. And the other thing is, Siobhan, that. If breastfeeding didn't work, we wouldn't be here today, because it's only in relatively recent times that we've had a, a, a replacement for breast breast milk. Modern formula does the job, um, but that's, that's very recent. And so if we go way, way back to the, our very beginnings, if there'd been so many problems with breastfeeding, the human race really wouldn't have
0: survived. So um, I think we should remember that as well. Before we go into the more formal areas of support, what's the kind of thing that partners and family can do for women if they are having a few challenges? Or an image, a very clear image comes to my mind when I was um, breastfeeding my daughter. I don't know why, but for some reason I couldn't seem to breastfeed and eat my own breakfast at the same time. And I have an image of my husband, poor man, <laughs> sitting beside me, spooning breakfast into my mouth. I think he went to the extreme, but there there are practical practical things that partners and families can do to help. There um, are
1: there are. and I think I mean the the, the people around the mother often are, obviously is the partner and the grandparents. so the the father thing is really important because there was some really good research a few years ago that showed unequivocally that the support of the the partner made a huge difference, a huge difference. So really the partners, usually men, but sometimes the partner might be a woman, of course. I'm including everyone in this. Uh, It's handy for the partner to learn a bit about breastfeeding themselves and understand... um, the importance of it, and that their partner might need help and encouragement to keep going. So it's not much fun if the mother is trying to do her best and the partner says, "Oh, look, just take just get the bottle, give the I was bottle fed, I'm fine. give get the bottle. So you really need that sort of support. And obviously the partner, Needs to do more than just wipe up the dishes at night,
0: <laughs> <laughs> especially during that first period, because babies are feeding a lot.
1: They are, they are, and it's really nice if the partner will do a lot of practical things, like get
0: get the meals and, and make sure that the mother's eating right, because make sure the it takes eating. a lot out of you. You need yes. to have that. Yes. Pastries are good too yep. when you're breastfeeding. Yep. Just just mentioning that jam donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure the
1: mother's eating and let her get some rest when she can get some rest, which I think is also important. Uh, the other thing is that most, many mothers don't operate well if the house is just collapsing around them in a state of chaos. I mean, it's all very well to say just let the housework go, it doesn't really matter. But for many women, you know, trying to exist in a state of chaos just adds to the tension. So if the partner can keep things and the grandparents, can keep things at least reasonable during that first three months
0: because you're sitting uh, there helps. breastfeeding all the time, and all you can see is the mess, mess around a- you. Around you. very I frustrating. A certain amount of
1: mess is okay, but it, it will get to a tipping point, I think, where it's likely to again have a, a negative effect on the on the on
0: the, the the feeding. And it's also, I'm thinking now that I've had another child that with second and third children, um, for if the support network around a woman can be aware that they still, if they can, need to sleep. With the first baby, you can sleep when they sleep, but Mm. when you have other children, just having people that can take them out for a walk, when your baby's asleep, to give that kind of, just that little rest period, because resting's quite important when you're breastfeeding too, isn't it? Yeah,
1: sometimes you can't sleep, although veering now into another topic, if you find... Increasingly, that you can't sleep when you have the opportunity to sleep. Um, sometimes you need to talk to someone about that. Uh, it is a bit of a precursor to depression. However, leaving that aside, I don't veer to too too much into other topics. Uh, certainly, rest and and getting sleep is important. So yes, if you have another a toddler, um, if the grandparents can take the toddler. Uh, it's a partner can take the toddler, sometimes you have friends. It can be a very exhausting. I mean, sort of all my memories are coming back of my own experience this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it can. can be a really exhausting time, and uh, any help you can get, accept it and take it. Mm-hmm. And failing all that, I just remember when when I had my second one, I I actually paid a friend of mine who who needed some money to mind um, my my. The
0: older child. And I think that's something I would, if I could advise any of my friends yes. to having a second child, um, particularly when partners go back to work mm. and it's that first period of time, is that if you can get someone, especially in the evening for that last feed, before you put the baby down, when your toddler has to go to sleep, ask for help. I mean, it, it is one of those things. I say that knowing in my head, I was like, oh, I can do it. Mm. I, have to, I have to learn how to do it. But really... It's such an intense yet important time of your life. If you can get help,
1: it is, get and it. sometimes you can get very practical help from a from a, a friend's teenager. I mean, that varies <laughs> <How> <laughs> helpful that might be. I know, I understand that. Again, we were living in America, and and I had a very helpful uh, teenage teenager helping me in the evenings. She was terrific, and yeah. they they like doing that for a bit of pocket money. As I said, it depends on the teenager, of course. But there's, there are things you can think about.
0: That make it easier. That, that There's make, nothing that make wrong with it making easier, it easier. make it
1: easier <laughs> if you have the opportunity to, to use any of these things, yes.
0: And what about if we go back to the very start before you're actually, and while you're pregnant, before you actually have your baby, are there ways of preparing for breastfeeding? Yes, of course there are. It's like preparing for birth. I mean, it's all part of
1: the same package, really. So. Preparing for breastfeeding means learning about it, and there's lots of good breastfeeding books out there, lots, and I would always recommend that people have a good read and and learn what's what's involved. Talking to your friends can be helpful or not.
0: <laughs> it just depends.
1: <laughs> breastfeeding is one of those issues that has, uh, you know, it, it raises a lot of emotions, and people's experiences are so varied and so personal that... that uh, it just depends. But if you have a if you have friends who who breastfed well and who quite liked it, or who struggled and then and then and then found that it was was good, that's good to talk to them. Um, um, you don't need to do anything physical. I mean, for for decades, mothers were told to, you know, rub their nipples with steel wool or something. And I
0: heard that. <laughs> it horrifies weird me. I think you know, it's going to, you know, they're going to have to get used to pulling it. Pulling nipples out
1: and <laughs> doing, doing all these extraordinary things, which have all been found to be useless, uh, oh. apart from... I don't even want to say this actually because it's so rare. But every so often you get someone who's got seriously, seriously inverted nipples, where the nipple goes right in, and and that can benefit from from some help. You need to see a lactation consultant, or ring the Australian Breastfeeding Association to find out perhaps what what the best plan is for that. Having said that, women with those inverted nipples do breastfeed successfully. Um, obviously, don't smoke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, don't smoke. That's a good one.
1: Probably no one smokes much now, but, but smoking diminishes breast milk. Leaving aside all the other issues with smoking, if people who smoke tend to not produce as much breast milk and it can, can become a problem. So if you can give away the fags, go for it. Um, the other thing to remember is that it's best not to go giving babies supplements early up. So eventually perhaps people do want babies to take a bottle for all sorts of reasons but it's best not to go doing that in the first six to eight weeks because they need to get used to the sucking at a a nipple which is different to sucking a teat on a bottle and they can get quite confused so it's good not to give them that in the first six to eight weeks until your breastfeeding is well established. Um, The other thing is of course is try to have a realistic idea about babies sleeping, waking and crying. And this is a very tricky area. There are uh, ideas out there that you can put babies into strict routines, that you can have them sleeping through the night by eight weeks, and so forth. Sometimes these work and sometimes they don't. But with breastfeeding, the more the baby sucks, the more milk you make. If you try and restrict the breastfeeding too much, then the whole thing might fall apart. So you do need to do six to eight breastfeeds every 24 hours, and more is fine. But you need to do that number to keep the breast milk coming. So try to go into your
0: new baby's life with that in mind. Robin, thank you so much for coming in to speak with us. (laughs) Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at parentbrand.com.au. See you next time.